Hey guys, it's Young Ari Gold here. Make sure you guys go to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. This is a page where you guys have certain access to certain levels of our podcast. There are three different levels that give you different access to different things. Um, our highest tier will give you access to uh, live game replay and breakdown of film throughout the season and a couple other things. We use Patreon as a way to fund the podcast and get things like interviews, um, shirts for you guys, things like that, just different things. Keep the website up, pay for hosting costs. Um, as we do this as a passion project, it gives us the opportunity to be able to do those things. So uh, make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered and check out our patron. Every little bit helps. So if it's a dollar, $2, up to $20, whatever it is that you guys can afford, uh, if you love this podcast, make sure you go to Patreon, subscribe, and uh, donate to the Texans Unfiltered cause. Yeah, this is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears. But now we're focused and we're showing no fear When we blast through the tunnel, you hear the crowd cheer Deep steel, blue, rowdy red, all the liberty white We came dressed up and ready to fight We are the mighty Houston, Texas, and we don't play So now I guess it's only one thing to say, baby Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans I am Young Ari Gold, and I am here with my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, a ton of news coming out of NRG in the last week. We are extremely jam-packed throughout the entire show with crazy free agent signings. Uh, Ndamuk and Sue was landed by the Texans. Um, we traded for Patrick Peterson. I mean, there's so much going on right now. Yeah, not really. No, none of that's going on right now. We did sign a backup quarterback. Hey, I mean, he's got a great big tattoo. A very, very cool tattoo, actually. Um, and I guess another another person that we can look at for um, a beautiful wife, as pointed out to me on Twitter. So I guess he has that going for him, too. Uh, John, how's your week, dude? Oh, you know, busy, busy. Um, I know we got a little bit of requests to record your show last week, but... Life kind of got in the way, so hopefully we'll put together a good one for y'all this week. Yep, this week, and then next week we got Rivers McCown coming on to do a podcast with us. We're going to talk. Uh, we'll recap free agency. I'm sure we'll sign another body, hopefully, by next Tuesday. Um, don't expect anything big, guys. Uh, and then we could talk a little bit about um, how this free agency is going to impact the draft. And then, uh, just so everybody knows, on April 15th, we have... Uh, Dane Brugler confirmed to come on as well. And if you're not familiar with him, I would go check him out. He is a uh, he's a great follow on Twitter and um, very, very, very good draft analyst. So that'll be fun to have on. Uh, John, I guess now you know that Dane is coming on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, John, where do you want to begin? You want to begin with the signings of the free agents? Yeah, let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Okay. I mean, all things considering, I guess that is 
the biggest point of contention, especially a couple of them. But let's start off with the happy ones, the ones that we're actually excited to see first. Sure. So Darren Fells was signed after being cut by the Cleveland Browns. He is known to be a blocking tight end and a red zone threat. Um, after watching last year, we do know that a blocking tight end, even if it's in a, only an above average one, would be extremely beneficial to this team. We've been screaming it for a while. They went out and got one. I'm glad they didn't draft one. I'm glad they have somebody that they can just plug in and, and know that they can they can somewhat hold their own. Um, there was a film there was film out there. I, I forgot. I want to say it was Rivers McCown that posted it, but it was Darren Fells against uh, Von Miller, um, and he just was pretty much on an island and held Von Miller in check on two plays. It was. Pretty incredible. So, uh, John, what does Darren Fells bring to the team? Well, Darren Fells is a former basketball player that has turned himself into a pretty decent blocker, which is always impressive because usually when these guys are basketball players, they are just post players. They come out here and post up on a defensive player and, and catch a couple of balls every now and then, and it's usually blocking that leads to their downfall. But no, with Fells, he's made himself into a pretty good Pass blocker, run blocking though, still a little bit there to be desired. Uh, doesn't get a lot of push, but hey, at this point, another pass block of any sort is a welcome addition. We really, really, really felt it last year. And then he's one of those guys that he's not necessarily a tweener. He's a solid NFL player, but he's one of those guys that's always going to be on the roster bubble. So I think that it's very likely that he plays in the NFL for the next eight to 10 years. And during that eight to 10 years, he may very well be on eight to 10 different teams. So for a guy that's going to be our tight end three, when we have two young tight ends, I think that he's a great signing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's a B plus a, a minus signing. Um, you're not going to get a ton of production out of him, um, but in the blocking side of things where he's truly needed, or we we think is truly needed. We'll see how the how everything unfolds, but um, I think he'll make an impact. Um, it'll be nice to have him kind of give Deshaun a little bit more time on the outside um, with the rushes on the outside. But uh, it was a good signing. Another you know cut player signed by Brian Gaines. He is following the Patriots mantra of keeping as many comp- compensatory picks as possible. Uh, he has stated a million times that he wants to build through the draft. Bill O'Brien said today that they want to build through the draft, that they don't want to be, uh, make, <coughs> excuse me, big splashes in free agency. Um, so I- I'll take it. I mean, I-, I like, I like what they're doing in free agency. I know that it's not like the fanciest of fancy and the last three seasons we've seen teams win free agency and go to the Super Bowl. One team won. Um, I guess technically the Broncos won the year they had Peyton Manning because they signed DeMarcus Ware, Aqib uh, Aqib Talib, or Talib Aqib, or Aqib Talib, whatever his name is. Um, they signed a bunch of other players as well. So um, I, I, it's fine. I'm, I'm, nothing is going to like blow me away, but I like the signing. I, I think it's a solid signing, and I, I think he'll – We'll we'll he'll we'll get our 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 contract value out of what Darren Fells brings to this team. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean it's essentially it's copying the uh, Patriots model, which we have known for years they want to do. The Texans would rather be. 
above average year in year out than have a good year and then like instead of going boom bust and when you build your roster around free agency you tend to go boom bust and granted we've had two number one picks and our three number one picks in our franchise history so not entirely sure how much that has been working out but that's kind of their goal they want to build through the draft they want to build develop their own players and they want to have consistency so we'll Hopefully it'll work out with Gain. We'll see. He did pretty good with no first and second round draft picks last year. So maybe him loading up on draft picks isn't a bad idea, especially because of the free agents we signed last year who contributed. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Look, if if last year's draft is a sign of what we can expect from Brian Gaines and his scouts moving forward, um, I feel pretty confident that we'll be okay. Um, I'm, I'm, it's it's going to be exciting to know that he has two second round picks and a first round pick to work with this year. Uh, next year he'll have an additional third round pick. Um, not sure if they'll use that as uh, trade bait to potentially move up. I know some people seem to think that that's that's a possibility for us to grab a tackle. Um, we can get into that when we talk about Matt Khalil, but um, I, I think it's just he's just putting us in a position to have. Um, money to play with and and it's it's smart so um all right let's get to we said we're going to stick with the good so let's go with bbc i'll let you pronounce his his full name john what is it brian Bodie calhoun yeah something like that um slot corner out of cleveland cut uh a big special teams guy I mean, did pretty well when when asked to play corner. I think this is one of those like diamond in the rough signings, hope, hoping that you land a player that can make an impact. I mean, he's pretty young. I think he's 24, 25. Um, and if you can get a guy on a vet minimum contract and plug him in and, and he can play corner for you at, on this team, considering who we have at corner, um, I like the signing. I think it's 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 a it's a it's a low risk high reward type of situation, and I think we'll just see. You know, when when another fan base is um, not happy that you signed one of their players, that's typically a good sign. Um, so I like the signing. What do you think, John? He's um, a prototypical big uh, nickel player. He's kind of like a hybrid between a safety and a cornerback and it's just added depth. I mean, he's going to be better than Sharice, right? What is out here out there? Um, I guess. And Sharice played a lot of snaps. Yeah. Sharice played way too many snaps <laughs> where BBC comes in and he just, he's an extra gap player. It's almost like they're trying. I've heard they're trying to um, replace Kareem Jackson with him because he can play both safety and corner. But I think it's more where he kind of fills in is between him and Tayshawn Gibson. It's two players to replace what Honey Matthew did or Honey Badger did. But hopefully both of them play better and they just have to rotate them to get the same effect that Matthew did. Yeah, so what I'm seeing with what they want to do with the corners they brought in, and I'm likely, I'm, I'm assuming this will be the same in the draft, is they want to get fast at corner and be able to play man. 
both corners, that's that's what they do. Both of them are fast, and both can play man. Um, I mean, we, we screamed, or I did, uh, last year about us not being able to mix up the schemes because we had no corner that could play man. And now we potentially have two. Whether they both make an impact, I'm not sure. Um, I'm higher on Bradley Roby because I, I see the potential. Um, but um, I think this is a good depth signing that is just going to create some competition between him, uh, Jermaine Kelly, uh, Bradley Roby, Jonathan Joseph, and whoever we draft at the cornerback position. It's kind of my outlook on it. Yeah, it's just faster depth. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Um, yeah. And we lack speed. I mean, John, we screamed it last year. I mean, we're. Yeah, that's why I said faster depth. Yeah. We the speed. We, we, we've needed it for so long. And Bradley Roby was brought in specifically to cover T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. I was actually about to say that exact comment. It's like with, with Roby, and if Roby gets hurt, BBC, both of them should be able to at least slow him down. Yeah, which is all you can ask for. Um, all right, and then I don't know if you consider this a good signing, but I actually do. Um, A.J. McCarron signed as the backup quarterback. Um, he's had glimpses of uh, potential here in the, in the league. Uh, he he would have won a, a playoff game had it not been for Vontez Perfect, but that's the story of the Bengals. Um, I, I, I like AJ McCarron as a backup, as a backup quarterback. I mean, there, there were a lot of people that thought he deserved a chance to be a starter. Um, and then he just went to dysfunctional franchises and (laughs) was not given the opportunity to, um, and I, I think it's smart. I think it's a quarterback that can come in, make the throws you need, can provide a spark. If Deshaun was to go down for a game, maybe two, um, I think he's smart enough to be able to carry the load. Um, I think it's a position that we upgraded. I don't really think it matters if AJ McCarron is taking significant snaps or seasons in the tank. But you don't wow. look at a backup quarterback for significant snaps. I mean, no. if he's playing a game, if he has to play a game because Deshaun's hamstring is somewhat sore or tight on a week before the bye, I mean, I'd feel better with him playing a game than Brandon Whedon. Right, and... He's going to come in and he's going to tread water. Now, do I love the sun and hate the signing? I'm just kind of like, whatever. It's fine. Uh, it's, he's a backup quarterback. He's not somebody that I really think is going to develop much more. But there was a lot of interest in him last year. Like He was the free agent quarterback to sign last year. So other people see that there's potential. And maybe getting him in a system with an actual coach will actually help him out. But we'll see. I mean, hopefully I, I mean, I'd rather just not see him play at all. Sure. No more than just the preseason. We're we're all in the same boat. And my response to players that are, or people that are like, why don't we get a, a quarterback that does what Deshaun does to be the backup. And quite honestly, if there was a quarterback out there that does what Deshaun (laughs) does, he's not going to be a backup. The guys that are able to run like he does, they can't pass like he does. So the way the offense is actually built, it's built around his ability to throw, not his ability to run. His ability to run is just the icing on, on top, essentially. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, 
look if there's a like John said if there's a player available that does what Deshaun does you're not getting him as a backup quarterback um, unless all 32 teams have a Deshaun Watson and they don't so um, I mean like I said I think it's I think it's an upgrade over Brandon Whedon um, if he has to play a full season we're screwed if he has to play six games I don't know if I'd say we're screwed um, I've, we've seen Bill O'Brien get the most out of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Case Keenum and Brian Hoyer and Bob, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, so I think that there's a chance that we can, um, I, I, I think there's a chance that if in, 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 in a, in a four to six game window, potentially weather the storm with AJ McCarron over Brandon Whedon and with the style of, play that Deshaun has and his inability to not get hit hard um, or not get hit in general. Uh, I I think it's a good signing. Um, all right. Now let's get to the bad. I think there's only one bad dude. Yeah, but apparently he's pretty bad. Yeah, but okay. So I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about Matt Khalil. I just see what I see on Twitter. I know Rivers McCown is not a big fan of him. But it, it, didn't he make a Pro Bowl as a tackle? He did. Um, he's had flashes where he's actually been pretty good. Hasn't injuries really been like the downfall to him as a player? Yeah. You've kind of got to look at Brian Gain with all these one-year contracts. Is he's, he's playing the lottery. So two years ago, Matt, K- Matt, Matt Khalil, everybody in Houston wanted him to be our right tackle. This is before everything happened with with Dwayne Brown, but two years ago, he signs this huge contract with Carolina. But I remember everybody go, wanting him in the worst way here in Houston. Well, he goes to Carolina. He doesn't really have a healthy season there, and they cut him. And the reason they cut him was health. Well, we are paying him nothing compared to what they're paying him. We signed him for a one-year contract, and it's just a lottery ticket. If he plays 80% of what he has in the past, he would be, he would have been our best offensive line. Now, if he plays how he did last year, of course he's going to be crap, but you know what? Our entire offensive line wasn't exactly the best. So it's a risk worth taking. He plays like he played last year. He gets cut again and no big loss. He plays like he did three, three years ago. Our offensive line improves. So, not much like there's no reason to I think to cry over it essentially it just is what it is and it hopefully it turns out well and if it doesn't no big loss yeah I look at it as just another body to bring in for competition at the tackle position I think it's like okay Central you're coming off an injury Matt Khalil you're coming off an injury let's see who's the healthiest and let's see who can be our starting right tackle if one of you is better, then that person is going to start and the other person is going to be depth. At the end of the day, like you you don't ever have two starting tackles, like two starting left and right tackles on your team. I mean, typically, you have a swing tackles and guys that can fill in in a pinch. And I think that Matt Khalil could likely be that. Um, I, I, I'm honestly not too worried about the Matt Khalil signing. I mean, do I think he's a solid tackle based on what, I saw in Carolina, no, you know, one of my closest friends is a Carolina fan and he was so excited to get rid of him. Um, and they don't even have anybody to replace him. So 
Um, yeah, they have like, I think Chris Clark is still there. Yeah, right. So. My, my point exactly. So if Chris Clark is your starting tackle uh, over Matt Khalil and that's something you prefer, I don't know. But again, injuries play a part. So if he never fully got healed and just couldn't get it going, now full off season, maybe he gets healthy and he's, you know, back to being a, an above average tackle. Well, then that's an upgrade at the position and you got him for, I think, $3.5 million. Um, so yeah, you're right. These one wheel, de- these one year deals are very similar to uh, the lottery. It's if you hit on one, great, and the chances that you'll hit on one are typical. I mean, we hit on some people would say we hit on Tyron Matthew. I don't believe we necessarily hit on Tyron Matthew. I think we got value out of his contract, but I don't think he, I don't think he surpassed his contract. But um, yeah, it, you really hate Tyron. Now. He made me hate him. Like you are, you are. Yeah, he made he made me hate him with with how he was when he left. At, at first, it was like, okay, if he comes back and we lose him or we get him over Cream at whatever, it's 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 somebody that can play. Maybe he'll play safety full time and he'll be a better player. Great, but then when he left and he was salty and couldn't take criticism and couldn't admit, like I, I know players aren't going to be like, you know what, you're right. I whiffed on open space tackles and could not turn my hips in a fast enough motion to be able to keep up with the slot wide receivers. Sure. Nobody's going to do that. And I get it. You're not going to put it out there, but at the end of the day, like you don't need to get mad that somebody is criticizing your play. He just did not play well. And I'm, I'm fine with that, but don't be a, don't be a bitch about it. That's, that's just me. Anyways. Um, I don't even know how that, that happened, but um, you're going to hit eventually. And when you do hit, it's going to pay off. And hopefully we hit on Bradley Roby. I'd, if I had one player that we hit on that ends up being the, the player of the future for us, I'm hoping it's Bradley Roby because we could really use a solid starting corner to, to build around. Cause this is pretty much the last year of J Joe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it's not the last year of J Joe, but then again, <laughs> we've said it for the past three years. It's the so, last year as a player. He'll be a coach for us <laughs> next year. But uh, <laughs> I mean, who knows at this point? He just, I, I love J. Joe. He's a South Carolina grad. I, re- I remember him playing for South Carolina a long time ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want him to play forever because he makes me feel young. Um, but let's be realistic. He can't play forever. We need another corner. Even if we spend two of our first three picks on cornerbacks, we're still we need somebody to step up. So, yeah, I mean. No. And, and to be clear, I don't think JJ was awful last year. No, he's just lost his legs. Yeah, he's just not. He Put him in his zone, and he's going to be fine. Uh, have him run with T.Y. Hilton? Well, you know. And tell him not to tackle with his shoulder. Uh, please stop tackling with, with your shoulder, JJ. Like, you're just, first of all, you're getting older. Secondly, like, that's just not your game anyways. Like, you don't need to knock the guy out. Just wrap up, please. We literally can't afford to, to lose you. <laughs> uh, all right. let's Open letter and signed. Open letter and signed. All right. Uh, do we have anybody else that we signed? I'm pretty sure that's it, right? Let's see here. On the agenda. McCarran. Khalil, BBC, Darren Fells. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to, any cherry you wanted to put on top of this? I'm good with that. Okay. All right. Let's get into what I found 
as the most exciting news today, and I'm hoping you agree with me. Uh, Deontay Foreman doing massive work this offseason. Um, he even came out in interviews and said that he felt like people wrote him off. Um, and he's truly grinding. It's it's if you follow on follow him on Instagram, you 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 see it all the time. And uh, now he's working with the Footwork King, who has worked with you just name a running back, and he's worked with him. Uh, he's based out of Houston. Um, Arian did a lot with him. Uh, Deontay looks really freaking good, John. And I know it's not. I know there's no pads. I know they're just throwing rings at him, and he's not being chased by people. But the cuts, dude, the cuts looked so good. They did. But you're right. It's a drill with the footwork king. And I mean, I'm hoping and I'm praying. I was very high on Foreman. I want Foreman to be good. I want Foreman to come back and just be a player. And I'm a Texans fan, so I want all of these players to be better than we expect. It's an Achilles injury. We're going to have to see. Okay. I mean, that's just, we're going to have to wait and see. The Texans still should draft or find another running back because regardless of how Foreman comes, we're going to have to, we need Miller Blue, seriously. They both can't be back forever. I mean, I cannot imagine that Miller's here after this year. N- I'm I'm kind of surprised that he's even going to be here this year, but he did make the Pro Bowl, and we are incredibly loyal to our guys. So Miller's going to be here this year. Blue is a free agent. Nobody else has signed him. He's the reason nobody else has signed him. It's because he's going to be back, and he is so going to be back if some <laughs> if we don't draft somebody. And I'm going to be heartbroken because if we go into the year with, I still can't believe we did it last year. Like I'm still. Remember that game where it was just Alfred Blue and we said to ourselves, there's no way he gets all the carries. And, yeah, the, and then he did. got all the carries. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. The personnel guys, the coaches at the Texans are way smarter than me. I am not trying. I am not one of those guys that gets on the radio or gets on in your microphone and she says, Hey, I know more than the coaches. But there is one thing that has always left me completely confused by this staff, especially when Bill O'Brien did such a masterful job of juggling running backs in New England. The Bill O'Brien years with their running backs, go back, watch it, just watch any of the games that he was the offensive coordinator with their running games. And he ran those running backs perfect. He put them in always in the right situation. Like it was an absolute work of art. He comes here, and A, we don't have the personnel to do that, and B, we just don't take advantage of the personnel we do have. And I don't understand why, what happened. I don't, I, part of me tries to figure it out where, okay, our offensive line wasn't built to be a zone blocking offensive line. They were built to be an angle blocking man offensive line, just grind them down. And Will Smith brought it, or Rick Smith brought in Will Lamar Smith. Miller. Will Smith <laughs> uh, brought in Lamar Miller, who is a one-cut zone back, and that didn't match. And then we accidentally discover when we switched out our guards to be more athletic, so they could, you know, protect Deshaun Watson because we needed athletic guards because he kept moving the pocket. We had more success with 
zone blocking and more successful with Lamar Miller running zone blocking. However, our center cannot zone block at all. And let's not even get into our tackles. Our, our tackles are just work in progress regardless. So that's what to me has maybe been some of the issue. We just haven't had the right personnel to do anything correctly. I guess maybe I'm looking for excuses. I really don't. I don't know. I just add a fucking loss on it. Everything else, I can kind of see what O'Brien's trying to do. I just cannot wrap my head around the disconnect from New England to now and our run game management. I really can't. I mean, do you think that given everything that you just talked about, right? Do you think that that's one of the reasons why Lamar Miller and is going to be back for another season is that he had a pretty good season with literally the worst offensive line he could have had. Put up good numbers, looked good in spurts. They seem to have learned how to use him properly at times. Um, I mean, do you think that like maybe that's why it's, you know, maybe that's why it's why they're bringing him back. I mean, they feel that another year the line gets better that Lamar can produce and then Deontay can get healthy and they don't need to worry about it. Honestly, at this point, it kind of looks like we're going to build our team to be a just a passing team. It, it does I, look that way. Miller is just there, and he's going to come back because O'Brien does trust him absolutely 100% in pass, product, uh, yep. pass protection. He also trusts him not to turn over the ball. Now, what that means is we don't get an electric Miller. We don't get an electric running game, but we get a very conservative and very safe running game. So that's why I can see us bringing him back um, and why I'm sure he'll be back this year. Going forward, I, I don't know. And I don't know what type of season to expect out of Miller. I don't, it's not going to be as good as it was this past year. But he's back. he'll come back this year, and hopefully there will be some sort of transition. I'm, if we don't draft a running back, if we don't sign another couple of running backs, I, I will just – Loss for words won't even, I don't even know what I'll do. Like I, I will come on here and just say, I know nothing about football, which sometimes I say anyways, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like this is the one thing that somebody smarter than me will have to figure out and explain to me. If we ever get a chance to talk to Bill O'Brien again, I probably would ask him this question. Like, dude, what's going on with you and the running backs? I know you love them. I know they're great guys and I know they're doing what, what they're asking, but what happened? Like what happened to that spark? Like the tight end usage and the running back usage that he portrayed in New England, we have never gotten anywhere close. Now, tight ends, obviously. Big drop off. Huge drop off talent wise. And there was a there was a stretch there with Griffin and Fedorowicz where where we were kind of going in that direction. It was the same sort of creative usage. But running backs, there's never even been a spark. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I, I really don't know what's going on with the run game other than the fact that what you pointed out is that we're going to be a fast pass-first team, which, based on last year, is hard to believe because we ran every freaking first down possible and every second down possible if we could. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's a chance that, like I said, I think that they think the line's going to be better and that – they could have Lamar and Deontay and that those two can be a tandem. And 
I know that he likes that running back on the practice squad. I, honestly, I have, I have no answer for what the running game is and why it is still so stale. But, John, the one thing that is somewhat exciting is the fact that do you know what the number one position they have met with through uh, out of players in the draft? My guess is running back. It is running back. They have met with running back Trayvon Williams, Texas A&M, running back Daryl Henderson out of Memphis, who's very exciting, Devin Singletary out of FAU, Mike Weber out of Ohio State, LJ Scott out of Michigan State, running back and kick returner Tony Pollard from Memphis, who's kind of like a Tyler Tyler Irvin type running back, um, Raquel Armistead Temple, Justice Hill, Oklahoma State, and then fullback Alec Ingold out of Washington, which makes me feel really, really good because they'll probably get him as a undrafted uh, free agent, which I'm hoping they bring back a fullback. But all I'm saying is, is it looks like they're doing a lot of homework on the running backs. So maybe, just maybe, we take a solid running back in the draft. We'll see. I mean, this running back class is actually kind of light, but hopefully, hopefully somebody. I mean, I hope that there's Gain some good actually, names there, though. Yeah, I hope Gain follows the Patriots model where they're not afraid to double down on bringing in replacements. Right. So whenever the Patriots have a a weak spot in their roster, they will draft two or three players at that same position and just see how it works out. So I hope we kind of follow that same model. And to be honest, the way our roster's shaping up, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I can see us using two of our first three picks on cornerback, one offensive lineman, and then probably the next two picks on uh, running back. I don't think you're crazy. So let's talk about this for a little bit. I want to I talk about what... I want to hear your thoughts and then I want to hear, I want to give you mine on what you think their approach will be in the draft. Um, I don't want, obviously not the, the whole draft, but let's say the first four picks, what do you think their strategy is going to be? And what positions do you see them trying to address? Well, the rumor is that we're trying to actually trade back, right? That we're trying to go for, for just more depth. So, so let's let's I could, I could let's actually... go let's play off that. Let's say that let's say they trade out of the first and get uh, somebody second and another second. So let's say they have four second round picks. They probably uh, realistically because we're so far back in the first would only get one more second round pick. But I honestly think that we're going to draft more corners just based on roster construction right now than anything else. Okay. Uh, two to three corners. I have no doubt that we're going to draft two to three corners. I would put, I'd almost put money when I go, I'm going to go to Vegas in a couple of weeks and I almost put money down that we draft three corners. Like I am that certain we are drafting corners. You can do that by the way. Can you really? Yeah, you I can. might do it. You can make a prop bet. Um, I don't think we're going to spend as much draft capital on the offensive line. I think that if there's a guy that drops down that is just a yeah, this guy is this guy's gonna be a player, like Dalton Reisner, I hope, for one. I could see them drafting him. However, 
I, again, will not be shocked if in the first or second round, at most, it's one offensive tackle. At most. I, wouldn't, I would actually not be even surprised if it's none. If, at this point, with what we have with our offensive line, just if our entire offensive line shows up again, it will be better than it was last year. They've already, I think Brian Gaines said it himself that he expects Henderson to be the starting right tackle. And so that means that one area that we do have a question mark is, is left tackle. And we're, we're going to see if there's a guy that comes out that just has better measurables that falls to us. We're not going to move up and go get him. Then I can see us drafting a tackle. But if there's not somebody that has better measurables, they're going to go in and they're going to try and see if Davenport's going to get better. That is my guess. Because as much as we want to say that offensive line was our weakness last year, if we bring in a a tight end that can actually block, because a lot of those missed blocks were on the tight ends. Yep. Like God bless the kids. But I mean, fuck Ryan Griffin because he he's been around long enough to know better. But the two younger guys, you know, we'll give them a little bit of a little bit of grace because a lot of those sacks were on them. And then a fullback to help out in pass protection every now and then. That alone will help out. Like, not everything was on the offensive line. Now, Davenport did have a lot of mental mistakes. With him, it's not physical. It's entirely mental. And then Rankins looked a whole lot better when they moved him inside. So right tackle looks like it would be a question mark. But Central Henderson has all been anointed as the starting right tackle. So yeah, kind of where we're at. I agree with you 100%. I, I Outside of the three corners thing. Um, so I actually think that they just go BPA throughout the entire draft. I think that what free agency has told us is that it's telling us things that we already know. And you just touched on it. Darren Phils adds what we need on the offensive line, which is a blocking tight end. If you just watch two games last season – you'll see that Ryan Griffin and Jordan Thomas and Jordan Aikens were the reason why a lot of pressures were coming from the edge. Um, Darren Fells will make that better. Adding a fullback, I think, is probably one of the most ideal scenarios for us. I think that they, I think there was probably a lot of conversation about cutting Jay Prosh last year. I think that they, I think they felt that their offensive line was in a better spot than what they thought it was in. And I think when Central Henderson went down, if you if you just look, that moment defined the way the offensive line was going to look. Because once he went down, then Davenport went to right tackle where he's never played, and Rankins went to left, and there was this flip-flop throughout the entire season until the last couple weeks. And I think that they know that like I don't think they could have inserted a fullback at that time and made made anything better at that point. There was too much going on, and adding a full bl- fullback to the offense would have just complicated things. So I think at that point they were just trying to do with what they had. This year I think that they'll go after a fullback. I, I do think, though, kind of like what you said a couple weeks back, I do think it'll be one of those dual-threat fullbacks. I think it'll be somebody that can catch and block um, because that just does so much more to your offense. When you have a fullback on the field that can also catch and run routes – um, you're just opening things up underneath. If you send, uh, let's just say, a devil into the right on a swing, 
Well, guess what? That linebacker is likely going to go with them, and guess who's open in the middle? It's going to be Kiki QT. So there's a lot of different things that this would do. So to go through what I would expect for the draft, and we're still a month away. John, are we going still? I ticked off work for it. I'm planning on going. Oh, I don't like that response. We'll take that <laughs> offline. Okay, excuse me. Um, wow, I guess I, mean, so, I guess we're I not friends. Still, no, I it's hope fine. you're still going. Uh, no, I am going. Um, all right. Um, so yeah, I expect BPA. Honestly, I think if there's a if there is a tackle or a interior guy on the offensive line available, and he's one of the top ranked guys on our board, I think they'll take him. I, I think the same for corner. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we take an interior defensive lineman in the front in the first either. Um, I, I think that this I think they are trying to position themselves to be able to do whatever they want in the draft. And I know that they have tackles and corners that they're in love with and that they like. And if they're there, they're going to take them. But outside of that, I, I really honestly just believe they're going to go with best available. This team isn't stacked to the point to where a, a best player available draft is going to hurt this team. If anything, it's going to help. It's going to add a lot of depth to areas that are needed. The interior defensive line needs depth. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like, sure. Dalton Reiser would be great. I would love to see him. I think he, I, I honestly think he would take Nick Martin's job just based on film alone. Um, I think he would be an upgrade at center. And I think you need that when it comes to the offensive line. If your center is not good, the chances of your offensive line being good are very, very slim. And Nick Martin was just as inconsistent as the rest of the line. But because of the position he plays, people don't pay attention to his blocking. People just tend to think that he hikes the ball, he makes the calls, and that's it. But if he doesn't get everybody aligned and in rhythm and it's set in the proper um, God formation, then there's nothing that that offensive line can do. So I expect there to be a competition at center. I expect there to be... So a competition at center would make sense, but I, like I said, if there's a corner there, there's a tackle there, fantastic. If there's a guard or center, whatever it would be, I would watch Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M. The Texans seem to really like him. Um, and if it's a, I, the only positions I don't see are linebacker and safety in the first round. Outside of that, I think anything can happen. Oh, and running back, just because you don't take a running back in the first round anymore, in my opinion. But so. I honestly, I have no idea who it'll be or what they'll do, but I just expect them to take the best player on the board and keep it moving. Yeah, I would. The only one I'd disagree with you is I don't think we'll take a receiver in the first round. Oh, and sorry, a receiver. We just, um, that'd be a way. And I don't know, dude. I mean, if that DK Metcalf, Metcalf guy is there, that'd be somewhat tempting. I know we don't need him, but God, Will Fuller can't stay healthy. I mean, yeah. Honestly, I have already expressed my love of Debo Samuel. Samuel. Um, so if Debo ever dropped, I, I took him in a mock draft yesterday. Did you in the second round? If he, yeah, if he dropped to the second, not in the first. No, no. I, I, yeah. I, as much as much as I would, I, as much as I would want to, you, you just can't take him in the first. But if he dropped to the second, I you will never. You probably. I, I've been happier in my life, but I would. I'd be jumping up and down. I'd be very happy. Yeah, Debo's I, an awesome, awesome player. I, I I watched a lot of his film. He's uh, I like him a lot. I, I do. <laughs> I like him a he, lot. He may have been Jack's first word. I mean, there's it nothing either, wrong with that. It was either dog or Debo, but we were watching a South Carolina game, and Debo caught this amazing one-handed over-the-shoulder catch, and I was like, Debo, 
and then Jack went Depot. Nice. So, yeah. So ever since then, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't expect us to take a wide receiver either. But I think outside of that, dude, I think outside of linebacker, running back, um, quarterback, wide receiver, and safety, I think those are the only five positions that. I don't see them touching in the first round. Outside of that, I think it's fair game everywhere. And this is a very, very... There's been a couple of mocks that have us taking a safety in the first round. Yeah, I don't see that. I mean, I, I can understand it to pair a first round rookie safety with Justin Reed. Look, there's a lot worse you can do. To have two safeties um, there for the next, you know, what, however long you keep them, um, it's a good thing to have. Uh, but I think they're... I think that they learned a lot from last year with how they deployed their safeties. And I expect it to be a little different this year. So I, I think that they're happy with Gibson. And I think we all should be happy with Gibson, to be honest with you. I know he's not splat, like a, a free agent splash. Um, but I think we're going to really like what he brings to the team. Considering what this team has always been awful at, he's extremely good at. Um, I think he's going to be a good signing. But maybe we take a safety. But this is a very, very deep defensive line draft and outside of JJ Watt we really don't have anybody on the defensive line I mean I I I I I expect Clowney to be here long term and thank God Brian Gaines talked to the media and Bill O'Brien talked to the media today and hopefully it's not a smoke screen but they said today that he is a he is a cornerstone and he is somebody that they want to keep long term which literally made me breathe a sigh of relief at work today because I was starting to question and starting to buy into some of the stuff I was hearing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think adding another defensive end or, or a defensive tackle probably wouldn't be a bad idea. No, I could see, I could definitely see us adding somebody on the interior defense of the defensive line. Um, so one of those hybrid players that can play both defensive tackle and defensive end. Yep. Um, we'll see if it actually happens. Reader at times has shown the ability to rush the rush the passer. Rush the passer. I cannot talk. However, getting somebody else in there that can would would do nothing but good things for the for this defense. If you've got Clowney and Watt on the outside, Reader and another capable interior lineman, we don't really even need to have corners. You just Let him go to work. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, so we're still a month away from the draft, so I know we just kind of went on a draft tangent, and sorry about that, but it's something I've been wanting to talk about. So, um, okay, let's get to some of the news uh, outside of um, the draft and free agency. Well, I guess some of this is free agency, but let's get to um, Brian Gaines' comments today. Um, so he was on uh, John Clayton Late Hits on Sirius XM. Um, and was asked about a lot of the players that we added and also the offensive line. So we'll, we'll go section by section, John, and kind of talk a little bit about it. So uh, he was asked about Bradley Roby. He said, we were entering the offseason with some key free agents and some tough decisions to make. Certainly thank the guys who departed and ex exited the Texans that moved on to other opportunities outside of Kareem Jackson. You didn't mean that when you said that because you didn't even talk to Kareem Jackson, Brian Gaines, so please don't lie. Uh, we knew we had to upgrade some speed at uh, speed and some ability to play man-to-man -man coverage, and a player like Bradley Roby fit that criteria for us. 
We did a one-year deal with Bradley. He offers some of the size and speed dimensions that you often heard me talk about in terms of our prototypical standards and what we are looking for for that specific position. 5'11", 190 pounds, 4'3", 4'4", coming out, and can play man coverage. Someone we are familiar with. Obviously, we have played Denver here the last two years. He's played in a Super Bowl, and that was all advantageous in terms and how we looked at him. <laughs> Any comments, John, about what Brian Gaines said about Bradley Roby outside of uh, him basically giving the middle finger to Kareem Jackson, which still bothers me to this day? I mean, it's pretty much exactly what we've already discussed. Everybody kind of knew why we signed Bradley Roby. He is a very high ceiling player. Um, he's got the potential to be a very, very corner. He has shown glimpses of being a great corner. Um, we knew from the moment that we the Colts game was over when Bill O'Brien walked out there and they're like, we've got to find some corners that can play man, that this was the type of corner we would go after. So, I mean, there's really not, for me, not too much to take away from. Uh, Gaines said all the political correct things to say about your free agents and he said exactly why we signed the guy that we signed, and we we all already knew what that was. Okay. Um, all right, let's talk about Tashawn Gibson. So Brian Gaines says we did lose Tyron Matthew. He was a great addition to the team last year. Unfortunately, we couldn't keep him, but we did sign Tashawn Gibson and someone we are very familiar with to play safety for us. Offers the size and dimension we like at five foot eleven, two ten. Can play zone, can play man. We think he's a two-hole guy where he can play the run and play from depth, can match up on tight ends, which we all know is a problem. Um, I like this signing. I already kind of talked about it a little bit. We talked about it two weeks ago. Um, this is a quality signing that is going to play, pay dividends to what this team really needs at the, out of the safety position. You have Justin Reed who can do a little bit of both. He can play in the box. He can, he can roam. He can cover. Um, he's just going to get better. Keep in mind, last year was his first year. So um, I like this signing. Anything you want to add to the Tayshawn Gibson um, talk that Brian Gain had? Uh, not specifically. I just It's one of those where, again, they kind of lay out their draft or their their scouting philosophy. They look for size. They have certain sizes that they look for for each position, and it just kind of gives you a little bit of insight into that. That I'm actually surprised that they went after Tyron Matthew as much as they did because he kind of breaks that mold. But it, it is interesting to kind of learn. Okay. Brian Body Calhoun. We picked up another player who we think can play the nickel position. Brian Body Calhoun from the Cleveland Browns. Restricted free agent process. He was tendered. We picked him up to add depth and competition to our secondary. So it sounds like he's either. Uh, so there's like, this is kind of like a tricky statement to me. This either means one to two things. One, they don't believe Aaron Colvin can play the slot for him, for them. Or two, they're going to do kind of like what you said with Tyron Matthew, kind of have him a little bit of everywhere, kind of be that Swiss army knife. Uh, he'll play back. He'll be in on corner blitzes um, and kind of mix it up. Uh, what are your thoughts on that statement? I think it's kind of a reach to say that that this says that they don't think Colvin can do what Colvin is best at. Aaron Colvin last year, he was hurt. Remember when he got hurt? Everybody was like, he needed to go on the IR. 
and he didn't go on the IR. He tried to play, or he tried to come back and try and play through it. You've looked at players throughout the NFL whenever they have a high ankle sprain, they they suck that year. Every single player that, that has ever happened to, they just don't bounce back all the way. Now for BBC, he is there exactly to be that depth player. They don't want to be put in a position again where they don't, if, if Colvin gets hurt, that they're short. Last year when Colvin got hurt, it was Tyron Matthew that played that position quite a bit. This year will be BBC. Yeah, um, I, I guess the reason why I say that is because they said they wanted to add competition uh, to the slot position. Um, they say that with every signing. Yeah, when you, when you bring a guy in, you always say, "Yeah, you're going to compete." No, agree. You're not really, you're not really going to compete. But, but just based off of what we saw, I just with Colvin last year, I'm I'm wondering if injury really did play a part, or if there's more to it. I, I believe that it's injury, but. Maybe I'm just reading too much into the words. No, it was it was definitely injury, but this is one of those where if it was an injury, we've got it covered type deal. Okay. All right. Um, all right, let's get st- – so his, here's his comments on the offensive line. Um, so last year we felt like we were able to address the interior of the offensive line and right tackle. Unfortunately, we had the injury with Central Henderson in the first game of the year. Central would have been our 16-game starter at right tackle, and he was playing well up to, until that point. Well, come on, buddy. I mean, he played like 16 snaps, but he was playing well in those 16 snaps. Um, in free agency, we were able to add two players, Zach Fulton and, uh, at right guard and Senio Calamente at left guard, and then Nick Martin was returning from injury. So let's, let's, let's kind of break this down in certain parts because I know offensive line is a big part for our listeners. Um. A year later, looking at the Zach Fulton, Senio Calamente signings, I feel really good about Zach Fulton. And when Senio was on the on the field, I felt really good too. The problem was that Senio just kept bouncing in and out. I do think that we found a guard in Zach Fulton, which, if that's the case, fantastic. I think Senio's now going to likely be a swing guard for us because he he. Uh, He just Rankins is gonna play left guard, and I think that that's the right move. What are your thoughts on just that part of it? Yeah, I mean, Calamente got beat up when he was healthy towards the beginning of the year. Him and Bolton both looked like we had found two really good guards for a long time. Calamente just couldn't last the entire season, but between him, Rankins, and Bolton, they can now kind of have a little bit more of a rotation hopefully not get him as beat up and he's probably going to be the swing guy um, between the three. Now Fulton, of course, looks like he's going to be a player. Um, He may also be a candidate to move over to center. Apparently he was a really good center in Kansas city. So that might be something to watch out on. And if that happens, Kelmetri could end up taking Fulton's spot. Let me ask you this, John, is there a chance that all these people are talking about Rankins moving the guard? Is there a chance Rankins play competes with Nick Martin at center? Which I mean, yeah. which would which would then give you Julian Davenport, Zach Fulton, or Senior Calamente, Martinez Rankins, uh Zach Fulton, and Central Henderson on the line. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I mean Lance said that 
the further he moves, the closer he moves to the ball, the better he'll be. Yeah. Again, between Rankin and Fulton, we've already got two guys that could possibly compete to play center. And Mance. And, oh, Mance has played better than... He played at center that year that uh, Nick Martin went down. Dude. He was a great pass-protecting center. He never got any push, though. Like, just never got any push in the run game. That's actually the one area that Nick's good at. Nick? Yeah, man run, not zone run. Right, right, right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, so it's kind of that... It's our entire offensive line right now is kind of a mess with a lot of pieces that could fit in different spots. Yep. Now, if they all click and they pay, play what they're capable of playing, then we're in a good spot. Right now, though, I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of ways you can spin that wheel and see how it, how it ends up. We've got guys... With Fulton, he has a little bit of higher of a ceiling, but he has a very high floor. Kelmetti has a low ceiling, low floor. Nick Martin obviously has a low floor, higher ceiling. Davenport, very low floor, but he has the potential to have a very high ceiling as well. Like There's not a single guy on our offensive line that we truly know what they are, except for maybe Centrell Henderson, who is a very, who is an average right tackle when healthy. So again, when you get into our offensive line, lots of different ways you could spin it. There's a lot of way the dominoes could fall and it, some of them are, I mean, some of them looks like would be in a good spot. Some of them, not so much. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to this part. So we felt we had the lineup going into the season and then Julian Davenport and Julian Davenport was in his year two of his development. We drafted him in the fourth round out of Bucknell. We do believe that Julian is going to be even more improved this year with two years under his belt, having the starting experience. Centrell is back for another year at right tackle. And now that the group has some cohesion, and they have played together. Um, well, that's not accurate. Uh, we think that the group is going to be even better. Some of our issues in terms of protection wasn't always on the offensive line. There were some shared responsibilities there as it relates, uh, as in relates if could have been the offensive tackles, could have been the guards, could have been the backs, could have been the tight ends, could have been the quarterback. Uh, pretty much saying exactly what we've been saying from the beginning, that not all of this falls on the offensive line. So, um, pretty in-depth stuff on the offensive line. I don't know how much to put into it. I don't think we'll know anything really, even after the draft. I, I still don't think we'll know until training camp starts kind of what this offensive line is going to look like. I think there's a ton of possibilities. I think the the sure things are Fulton and likely Henderson. If I had to guess that what two things would be sure, actually, I'd say, yeah, I'd say Henderson and, and at right tackle and Fulton at right guard. Outside of that, um, I don't. I don't think there's anything set in stone. No, I, I actually don't think even maybe no, nobody's set in stone at this point. We'll see. Um, it's going to be a fun battle to watch this, this spring and this summer, because again, lots of potential, but nothing set in stone. So now we move on to an off season where instead of worrying about a quarterback, because that's gone. We don't have to do that anymore. Now we just worry about the offensive line. Yay. Yeah. So they don't kill our quarterback. All right, next. Uh, 
On Will Fuller and depth at wide receiver, between DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, their skill sets are great and complement each other. As it relates to Will Fuller, we feel like his return to play is on schedule. We think he'll be ready to go when the season starts. A fully dimensional skill set, there are two areas that I think Will does not get enough credit for. That is his route running and his improved hands. Uh, Brian, can you listen to the podcast, please? Because the one thing out of any other, I, I swear, this is anywhere else. That you have heard people, me and John talk about is Will Fuller's route running. That is what sets him apart. You you add the route running to that speed, and you get a very dynamic player. Anything else, John? No, I mean you could. I think I need to play that video for you and show you exactly how Will Fuller's route running makes Deshaun look even better. Um. Just compare him running a, a go route versus Vincent Smith running a go route. He just he knows how to stack the corners. He knows how to put his cornerback in position to succeed, and he can also he also can run. He can have a multiple breaking route, and a lot of speed guys can't. Like Fuller is a very very good receiver if he stays healthy. Yep. So we, I mean, I would take our top three a healthy hop over hell. I'll take a healthy hop over half the team's receiving cores. They can give us their entire receiving core, and I'd still rather have Hop. But, yeah. you take, but if you take Hop, Fuller, and QT when they're all healthy up against any receiving core in the league, and there is an argument for them being the most talented trio. Now, if they all stay healthy or not, that's going to kind of be the issue. But three of them healthy, name another team's receiving group that you would straight up rather have. I, I I can't. I can't. All right. No, you're 100% right. All right. Um, Will can run fast. Everybody knows that. And he is a deep threat. But his skill set in terms of running vertical and getting deep matches matchups with our quarterback, as well as our quarterback throws a great deep ball. So having that dimension in the offense obviously is a great advantage for us. I think the addition of Kiki QT is... And getting him back healthy and returning to form, the two games he played in versus Colts, he had over 20 catches for almost 200 yards. So he's an electric player. He gives us some balance in terms of in the middle presence passing game, and the um, and then with the perimeter element of Will Fuller and Hopkins, the two young tight ends as well that we drafted last year. We feel like now there is some horizontal balance in the offense. We can test the defense vertically, we can test them underneath, and we can test them intermediate. We can test them on the perimeter. So once we get everybody back and healthy, we are excited about what our passing game next year could look like. I mean, yeah, Brian, you're 100% right. We all know that. We all know that with all of those players on the field, this offense has the potential to be one of the best. But yeah, Maybe I should have read the article before I spoke. But yeah, that's pretty obvious, I would think. It's just all health. And we just don't know if that's ever going to happen. It's health and then depth behind them. Because our four, four and five receiver, that could potentially be something that we could improve on. Well, you know, I think DeAndre Carter, in, in, in considering when he came to the team last year, I think he filled in for Kiki pretty well. I think a whole offseason would be good for him. No, I. this isn't Vincent Smith and DeAndre and DeAndre. DeAndre, 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 DeAndre Carter. Know. And now I've got him confused with the uh, the cornerback 
out of uh, Alabama or Georgia or, you know, one of those yeah, schools. Yeah, DeAndre Baker. Yeah, but they did as well as could be expected for two young players. I still think that both of them, there are improvements out there, but they can both continue to develop and I could be wrong. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we'll see. I, I think Vincent Smith at times showed that um, he could be electric. I think another year would help him, but I also think another year for Carter would be great. Um, he was obviously great in returns. So as long as we have that part of him, if that's all he could do, that'd be fantastic. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how the season progresses. All right. Brian Gaines on the offensive line draft prospects. I think it's a reasonably good draft on the offensive line. This, this is the one that gets me. Is there a Jonathan Ogden in this draft? Perhaps not. I think there are some solid starters in this draft as it relates to the edge players at tackle. I think there are some opportunities on the interior of the offensive line to do that too. I would say that history would tell you on interior offensive line that you have opportunities to get starters first, second, third, fourth, mid-rounds, and even later. On the offensive tackle position for the good ones, perhaps you might have to draft them high, but I think there will be some opportunities there in the middle rounds, maybe even day two to still land yourself a starter at the tackle position. John? There is no Jonathan Ogden in this draft. Did you know that? Well, Jonathan Ogden was a Hall of Famer. And is one of the best tackles to ever play the game. And here's the thing about these drafts. You don't actually know what's in them until about three years from now. Right. So there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of guys with a lot of potential. But we kind of even talked about it this week. Here's the thing with a draft. There's an argument that the year that J.J. Watt was picked by us, he should have been the number one pick. There's an argument that the year that Deshaun Watson was picked by us, he should have been the number one pick. There's an argument when Hopkins went to us, he should have been the number one pick. None of those years were they the number one picks. Like, you, d- you just don't know. Like, you're just trying to essentially stack the odds and see who's going to be good and who's going to be good. When Jonathan Ogden was drafted, he wasn't the number one pick. No one knew that he was going to be as good as he was. I... Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's, that's just the way the draft works. If it was a sure thing, everybody would have stack teams. It's just huh, it's not the way it works. Um, so I, I just thought it was very interesting. I thought he gave a lot of info. I, I do like, I don't know if it's smoke screens or if he's just transparent. He seems to be very transparent when he talks, um, just on past like interviews and, and, and press conferences. He, he, he always seems to be that way. Um, so maybe that's a, the case, but that last part where he talks about where you can find tackles, uh, interior offensive line, it's almost like it's a message to the fans. Like, look, we're not going to grab a tackle because we need one. We're not going to grab a guard or a center because we need one. We're going to grab them where we see the value. And if we see the value is there, then we'll take them. But outside of that, we're not going to reach for a player. No, you're right. And when they talk about alignment, is you just got to hope that they're aligned on what they see as the best player. Um, what'll be, again, we'll probably talk more at length of this before the draft, but I believe that Rick Smith would see guys that weren't probably the, he would see what he thought would be the best football player 
whereas Bill O'Brien is looking for a guy that can do something exceptionally well. And where does Gain fall in that? Where does Ron Gain fall in that? Is he going to go out and get guys that can do one or two things exceptionally well? That way, and sometimes that one or two things is being versatile. But get those guys for Bill O'Brien, or is he going to be like Rick Smith, where he's trying to go find hit a home run with every draft pick he takes? Yeah, I don't. I mean, we'll have to find out. We're getting closer and closer, so we'll find out soon. All right, um, John, what happened to your Rockets tonight? Why did they have to lose to the Bucks? I don't know. I I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I've been here. James Harden didn't... only had twenty three points. Only twenty three points? Did he get hurt? No. Did they rest him? He shot one and nine from three. Oh. He had one of those cold streaks. Yeah. That happens. Giannis only had 19 points, but he also had 14 rebounds. Whatever. Anyways, all right. Um, I am a Rockets fan for the rest of the year. Um, so, yeah, just just accept me. Um, my son is trying to convince me to be an Astros fan moving forward. We'll see where that goes. You uh, should be. Especially living right down the street from the Express. Yeah, I know. You can go watch all the young kids. And I love the I love the Astros. I, I love their team. I love how young they are. I love how they're always having fun. But I don't know. I just I get into playoff baseball, but I can't get into regular season baseball. It's just too long. Um, all right, John. What else we got? That's got to be everything. That's everything. That's everything. We jam packed everything into an hour and eight minutes. So. With that being said, you can find Texans Unfiltered on all of your podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, uh, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, blah, blah, Google Play Store, Amazon Music, uh, wherever you find your podcast, we're there. Just search Texans Unfiltered. Um, you can find us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. You can go to our website at texansunfiltered.com. Join the Discord. Uh, it's been a little dead lately, just not much going on, but we're there, especially on game days. Um, also, there's certain perks and stuff for patrons. I hope everybody enjoyed their shirts. Um, Wait, I didn't get my shirt. I didn't get my shirt either yet, John. It's a long story. Um <laughs> Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed their shirts. We appreciate you guys on the Patreon. Thank you so much. Those shirts ended up being really freaking dope. So I'm really upset that we didn't get to keep two for ourselves. But we're glad that you guys got them. And I'll be ordering some for me and John. Um, Outside of that, I think that will be it. And I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week.